This is Adventist World Radio Ghana, Voice of Hope. And reveal your will unto us. Father Lord, we pray that you reveal your will to us as we go into your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We want to look at the word itself, the typology, and what it means to us Christians today from what we are studying. Frank, can you give us an insight into that, please? Typology. Studying as Christians. So this thing relates to doctrines and the rest. So, for instance, if you are looking at holdings of Christian beliefs that are prefigured or symbolized by things, so it means that these are said in the New Testament, their symbolisms are in the New Testament. Hello, our dear friend. Welcome once again to your most inspiring radio devotional program, The Heart of the Church. We thank God to be here today with our friends to take us through the study. They are Gloria Osegbafo, Franco Pokuboye, and my name is Emmanuel Laye. We have been looking at interpreting scripture throughout this quarter, and we have seen some Bible. I mean, verses and examples interpreting scripture. Today, we'll look at the topology of prophecy or as prophecy. And we want to ask Auntie Gloria to pray with us before we start. Father, we thank you for yet another opportunity to go into your prophecies. They are there to guide us and reveal your will unto us. Father Lord, we pray that you reveal your will to us as we go into your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We want to look at the word itself, the typology, and what it means to us Christians today from what we are studying. Frank, can you give us an insight into that, please? Typology. We are studying as Christians. And so this thing relates to doctrines and the rest. So, for instance, if you are talking about typology, then we are looking at Holdings of Christian beliefs that are prefigured or symbolized by things in the Old Testament. So it means that the things are said in the New Testament, but rather their symbolisms are in the New Testament. So the fact that they are said in the Old Testament and they are prefigured in the New Testament, it assumes the nature of a prophecy. And that is why we are describing those issues as typologies or we are describing those typologies as prophecies typologies they focus on actual persons events or institutions as i said they are always found in the old testament thank you so much for that we're looking at the typology and i think as we go along we want to understand some more so maybe we'll look at um, if we can take there are some scripture texts that we need to identify to understand what you mentioned from the Old Testament but finding its relevance in the New Testament. Maybe we can have a few of them. Probably you can mention one of them for us before we go on to Gloria for her explanation too. We can look at the situation of Jonah. In Jonah we are told that as the Jonah lied in the belly of the fish for three days, in the same way Jesus Christ is going to spend three days in the heart of the earth. Jonah's situation happened in the Old Testament. And then Jesus Christ's situation is also happening in the New Testament. 
it also confirms the fact that the, the prophecy that Jesus Christ will be buried for three days. That's interesting. And it did happen it did as happen. It's, it's, it was depicted with a fish. Anyway, Paul also gives us some, some symbolism. And he he denotes it by looking at what there was and attributing it to what is to come. Maybe uh, 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 our sister can give us that insight now. Yeah, Paul uh, related the typology, the experience of the Israelites uh, through their journey on the wilderness by using that type, that typology in First uh, Corinthians chapter ten, verse one to thirteen. They relate to us how through they were all taken through uh, the Red Sea, and that symbolizing baptism, even. At the time that there was hunger, thirst, upon their complaints, manna was made available to them, water was made available to them. And what he said, that Paul, that he was relaying all these, though they happened in the past, and he was drawing out the lessons in there, such that in verse 10, specific, in verse 6 specifically, he says that, now these things became our example to the intent that we should not last after evil things as they also lasted. That in our day, as he typified with their experience in the wilderness, their uh, problems with um, when they were complaining for food and all that, in our days, even if we lack, when we look to our source of livelihood, when we cry unto God, no matter the problem we are going through, there is surely going to be a provision made for us so and even um with the issue with the serpents on the wilderness as well it was the serpents that was hanged on the uh, road typified christ's death christ's crucifixion on the road and just as the israelites those that chose to look onto the road uh, the serpent that was hanged who had life Similarly, in our days, no matter the prevailing circumstances, if we choose to look unto Christ and his cross, the power of the cross alone, then we are assured of our salvation. Thank you so much. We wish we had more time to look into this scripture. In fact, there's something we wanted to talk about with the sanctuary services and the being a type and an anti-type that we have. But we believe as we go along the study, some of these things will come up and you will learn some more with this. It will help apply it to your life and it will really help you. Let's have a word of prayer from our sister Gloria. Father Divine, we thank you for what you have given us so far. All we would ask is that, please, the grace to be able to live according to your will comes from you, Daddy. Please help us fulfill your will in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hello, my dear friend and listener. I want to welcome you once again to the program, Law Matters. This is Adventist World Radio, and my name is David Amonkwa AJ. I'll be your host. Today, I have another important personality with me. In the last edition, we had a, food, a fruitful discussion with him, and today he's here to help us discuss another important topic. He's in the person of lawyer Clement Malfo, and he will help us discuss the Christian as a lawyer. Lawyer, welcome once again to the studios. Thank you very much. Lawyer, I believe you are fine. By his grace, I'm very fine. Okay, thank God you are fine. I must say the last edition was an interesting one, and 
our listeners were happy with the, the way you answered the questions. But like they say, Oliver asked for more. So there are questions, in as much as we live, there are questions we need to answer. And I believe today you are going to help us answer those questions. Today we want to specifically look at the Christian as a lawyer. The last edition we discussed what the law is and what the law is not. And now we want to limit our discussion to the Christian as a lawyer. Um, you being a Christian and an elder for that much, and, and also a practicing lawyer, I hope you help us answer those questions. So lawyer, my first question is, um, what does the lawyer do? The lawyer always goes to court and interprets the law to defend his clients. Okay. The lawyer defends his clients in court. Um, okay, there are other questions that will come, but um, so based on what you said, the lawyer goes to court and intercede kind of for, for, for his clients. Um, can a Christian do that? Obviously, yes. You see, um, the law, as we saw the last time we met here, is the combination of rules and regulations in a certain book that needs to interpret to defend or support somebody's argument. Ordinarily, because most of us are not lawyers, you might not know whether or not what you are doing is against the laws of the land or not. And therefore, when the authorities decide or argue that what you have done is against the law, and come to the law court to tell the court why you did that. You hire your lawyer, and it is up to the lawyer and study the law that the authority says that you have breached, and go to court and defend you and see whether or not, in fact, you breached the law or you didn't. But because the law book is not there for anybody, and the person having that case cannot interpret it because he hasn't read it, it is up to you, the lawyer, to go and read that case, that book, interpret what you did and tell the court whether or not you breached the law or you did not breach the law. By this vein, it becomes very important and a job, kind of professional, a profession that a professional takes to help his client or her client. Other than that, people may be innocent in court, but because they can't interpret the law or the books of the law, they will be found guilty and maybe be punished. Okay, okay. Lawyer, I remember some years back, um, a friend of mine wanted to go to the law school. In fact, as, as youngsters then, we had completed SHS and then he was um, so much enthused about the law and that he wanted to go, into, go to law school. So he decided to seek advice from, you know, elderly people, people that he, he, he trusted. And some of the comments that some of them made were that, oh, lawyers... Oh, lawyers, those liars. Oh, lawyers, they, they, they are corrupt. Lawyers, they do lie a lot. In fact, somebody even went to the extent of saying that lawyers even won't go to heaven. And one thing that, that got me thinking was the fact that someone said, um, when lawyers die, they, they are buried with their face turned upside down. In fact, all those things were said. And so, as a youngster who wanted to, you know, study law, hearing all these, the person got disturbed and then decided to change his mind. You get the point? So, as a lawyer, um. Would you say lawyers are corrupt? You see, ideally, as an individual in a society, I've also come across some of these statements 
that lawyers are liars, they are corrupt, they won't go to heaven, and all kind of speeches. What I can say is that it is because the law books are not there for any other person to read. It is only the lawyers who read them. It is only when or after you have read the law books that you know that whatever the lawyers are saying are wrong or right, or they are liars, or they are cheat, or they are corrupt, or they won't go to heaven. The lawyers just interpret what is written in the law books only, okay. which are not okay. lies, okay. and they are not any corrupt matters. Lawyers always read and interpret the law books, the laws that have been written and given to the community or the society or their jurisdiction. It is because all those who make those arguments haven't had the opportunity to read those books, and therefore they don't know what is law in their community, they may obviously say that, as we've heard earlier on, they may say they are liars because those things are written, but they don't know that those things are written for the good or the betterment of their community. So when the lawyer goes there and interprets by using those books, the outsiders will think otherwise, thinking that the lawyers are lying. Eventually, they are just reading what is written for the community. Okay. Okay. Because you don't know those laws, you did something against the laws, you breached the laws, and therefore you need to be punished. Okay. So it is only when you have read those books, uh, you have understood them, you are practicing, that you know that all those statements are just false, they are not true. So they have the right to say them all right, but when you go to court, the language there is different from what we say or we speak in the, in the streets. Okay, so lawyer, what I'm getting is, lawyers are actually not taught how to lie in school, right? Never. <laughs> no lawyer will be taught how to lie in school, no, no. Because from, from, from what you've been hearing, I mean, some of us were tempted to think that you, you guys are taught how to, you know, how to, you know, how to, uh, for want of a better word, how to, how to lie not in at school. All. <laughs> not at all. You see, we are taught how to read those books, how to buy those books, how to understand them, how to interpret them, how to know the laws of your land, the laws of the country, the laws of the community, the laws of your jurisdiction. So having known all those laws, then you buy the books of the country, the law books of the country, you become a lawyer, you are ushering as a lawyer, then you practice. Practicing means you are using those books to defend or support your client's case in court. Okay. Not anywhere, but in court. Okay. So, lawyer, when you were speaking, you, said, you made mention of the fact that um, the laws are written. They are written. Lawyers go to defend what is written. Who, who writes those laws? You see, authority is given to people to write laws. The laws are always made by the parliament of a given community. Okay. If you are a Senegalese, then it means all your laws are emanating from the parliament of Senegal. Okay. Aside that one, we have also other laws that we call precedents. Okay. Uh, the cases that have been heard in countries like France, England, Switzerland, India, most countries, then those becomes precedents. We use them to explain and interpret other laws. Could you be more elaborate on that? The precedent. When my, you say precedent, would want to understand. Precedent simply means cases that have been heard, which is similar to the case before you. Okay. okay. That can be referred to in explaining to your case in court. Okay. okay. You have a case here. 
for instance, you have a case, we have a case in law that we call rape. Let's say you have a rape case. You want to explain, you want the judge to understand what you're saying. But there have been a rape case somewhere in Canada, okay. Okay. in England, okay. that have been heard already and judgment has been given. It is similar to your case. You can once again refer to that case, draw the judge's attention to same that this case is similar to this one. And that case, this is what happened. So I want this court to also do my case this way. So that particular case that you are referring to becomes your precedent. But you are using it to explain your case in court. So that one becomes also a law, in as much as you have your laws from your parliament. Then again, in most jurisdictions, the traditional law, all good and better, proper laws which are not diabolic okay. and are traditional laws, forms part of the laws of a given community. So in your country, in your country, uh, the traditional laws in that country, which are not diabolic, which are not detrimental to human health, which are good and the community have accepted, also forms part of the laws of the country. And they are applicable also in, in court. So when you combine these precedents, the uh, enactment from the parliament and these traditional laws, among others, natural laws. Okay, lawyer, from the way you answered the questions, um, it appears none of the source of law, you know, is attributed to lawyers. And so more or less, lawyers go to court to defend what they themselves didn't write. Someone, some people or other group of people wrote the law, and lawyers learn them and go to defend them. So if anyone is to make an assertion that lawyers uh, are corrupt, I am tempted to think that then those people wouldn't have any basis. What's your, what's your view on that? You see, that's correct. You see, no lawyer writes law. Okay. As it has been explained earlier on, you see, um, all the laws the chunk of same is coming from the parliament. And I said, others are coming as presidents and others are customary law, which are good and that's been accepted. So those laws coming from the presidents and other places is what the lawyer has learned okay. and is applying into the case that he has in hand. So no lawyer has written any law for him to go and defend same. Therefore, it will be very wrong for anybody at all to state that lawyers are corrupt or they are liars or because they go there and say things that they don't know they defend their people it is a law that all of us as a community have accepted and we are, we are using same to rule our country but because not all of us have read them and understand them and it is only lawyers who have read and understand and they want to interpret that is why people hire lawyers to go and defend them. By using the same laws we as a country have accepted and using the same to rule our country. So the, laws, the lawyers just go there and explain, explain, add more value to whatever it is written to defend or support their client. So no lawyer wrote any law and no lawyer is telling lies. Oh, okay. Okay, lawyer, th thank you very much. And the next question I want to ask is this. Um, now, you've made us aware that lawyers only go to court to defend. Could you give any biblical example? Were there lawyers in the Bible? Were there lawyers in the Bible or any, the work of a lawyer? Was it? Because if I, if I, I, I should think, think about a doctor, I know there are some people in the Bible who were doctors. So maybe as a Christian, I want to draw inspiration from the Bible. 
Can I get any biblical examples? If I want to give you a very big and huge example, that would be Moses. You see, when Moses went to Egypt, the Israelites were many. In fact, they were many. When they were coming, they were also many. However, every pronouncement was coming from Moses, who was taking the law from God. So whatever Moses says is what they believe. If Moses keeps quiet, everybody is quiet. That is why when Moses went to Mount Sinai to take the commandments, they were doing whatever they want. The Israelites were doing whatever they want in the wilderness. Why? Because they were not listening to a single voice. Everybody was speaking. However, when Moses came, things changed. Because whatever Moses says is what they believe. In fact, most Christians in the world, most Christians in the world also have this belief that their lawyer is Jesus Christ. Okay. Why? Because Jesus is interceding between them and the God. And therefore, they take Jesus Christ as their spokesperson, their lawyer. So, as individual, when, when you go to court and your name is mentioned, your lawyer will just stand up and say, I am for the person who stood up. And you just sit down. Okay. All the talking will come from your lawyer. Okay. He's also interceding on your behalf. So basically, Moses is one of the biggest examples one can give who led the Israelites from Egypt to Canaan. And therefore, Christians, as Christians, we also believe that Jesus Christ is also interceding. So if we have any problem, we should take it onto Jesus Christ. He will rather channel it to the Almighty God. Okay, so, so then, um, therefore, um, just as Christ interceded and is still interceding on our behalf, um, we believe... Lawyers also do same. Lawyers do same. Lawyers do same. And so the work of a lawyer is very important. So lawyer, can can an honest person, honest and truthful person, um, remain faithful or truthful even after becoming a lawyer? Once a truthful person, always a truthful person. Once an honest person, always an honest person. Okay. So you can be a lawyer. Okay. Um, lawyer, thank you, thank you. I have this question also. It's very interesting. You would you be buried with your face turned upside down when, let's say, uh, ninety years to come, you, you die? Would you be buried with your face turned upside down? You see, we belong to different tribes and re regions okay. and religions as well. Okay. When we die, our barrier and other things depends upon where we are coming from. Okay. Uh, people from the Chad have their own way of burying their people. People from Botswana, they also have their own way of burying their people. When you go, you go to Ghana, people in Ghana, they have their own way of burying their people. So as to whether or not my face will be buried among the people of my community, we don't bury people upside down. And therefore, I will never be buried upside down. Okay, so I'll be buried according to the tradition of my community. Okay. So there, there is no specific rule that says that as a lawyer, once you are dead, your face will be turned Upside down in your, in your uh, what do you call it, the coffin? No, no, no. It's, it's not in the law books. But that is what we hear, you know. It's outside, outside the people. <laughs> uh, what we hear is different from what we are discussing today. Well. <laughs> As Christians, you know, uh, they have so many things. Uh, the, uh, people said so many things about Jesus Christ himself, Moses and other people. They were untrue. So what we are discussing today is what is on the board. What people are saying is what they are saying. In fact, so far as I'm concerned, I, 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 I know and I believe that People are buried according to their traditions and their norms and how they are buried in their communities and not what people are saying. Lawyer, this is my last question. We are far behind time. Um, are there other practice areas apart from going to the courts as a lawyer? 
Oh, yes. You see, as a lawyer, uh, we mostly do, at times we even do the mediation and arbitration. At times, the people will just come to your office to settle the matter amicably, taking away the rudiments and the cost and the filing of documents of court. They will come to you face to face and you settle it properly for them to have peace in their homes rather than going to court and follow the rigid procedure of the court. So, are uh, uh, like my question is, um, um, are there lawyers who don't do that mediation? Like, let's say they are found in other, other, other spheres of life, let's say in business, in oil and gas. Are there, are there lawyers who, I mean, don't do the court at all, but they are found in, maybe in banks or other institutions? The, 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 the law school will teach you how to settle matters out of court. Okay. So, obviously, it has been inculcated in your practice okay. and it should be a habit, okay. but it is not compulsory. Okay. Lawyer, today, today's discussion has been an interesting one. I'm educated. I believe my, my listeners are also educated. Thank you for making time to come with us. You're welcome. Listeners, the program has always been matters of the law or law matters. I believe your questions have been answered. Well, um, so we come your way with another, another edition of Law Matters. Stay blessed. We would like to hear from you, so call us on the number plus 233-5015-61849, plus 233-5015-61849. You can also email us at the address AdventistWorldRadioGH at gmail.com, AdventistWorldRadioGH at gmail.com. You can also write a letter to us using the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana, Northern Ghana Union Mission of Adventists, P.O. Box KS17564, Edum Kumase, Ghana, West Africa. For AWR Ghana, I am Belle. May God bless you.